Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Trinity of Fairview. Here's Pastor Stacy Harris. I'm going to speak to you quickly, try to teach you a few things. Maybe we'll glean some things together uh, from a passage of Scripture found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 10. We're certainly here today not only to recognize our children, we have recognized our mothers, we have had them stand. And there is no love like a, uh, the love of a mother. There's no love like the love for a mother. Uh, perhaps more fistfights have been started, more verbal exchanges have turned into blows from just the sharing of two words and any other two words I can think of. If you want to get in a fight with somebody, all you got to do at some point is say something like, your mama and beloved, the fight will break out every time. So we love our mothers. We stand in the gap for them. We defend them. And man, there is no love like a mother's love for her children to hear that song and to hear that prayer, man touches and, and moves our heart. We're going to look a little bit at a Hallmark mother in the Old Testament, a, a mother named Hannah. And incidentally, man, I'm thankful for, for my own mother. I tell everybody, you know, Dad taught me much, and he is my greatest friend, but it was at Mom's knee that I really learned the truths of the Lord Jesus Christ and what it meant to be a man and to follow after his call in my life. And I'm so thankful for a godly mother that was in my life. And you may be here today and have had a wonderful godly mother. You may be here today and, and maybe that isn't the case. But I'll bet you something's true. I'll bet you you've had more. I've had more in my life. I've had a, a godly biological mom, but I've had so many spiritual moms, and I still do, that sow into my heart and my life daily and that have a love for me uh, like a mother's love. I can't get away with anything. I have mothers on every hand's turn looking after everything I do. How many of y'all could say today you're thankful for those ladies in your life that over the years have ministered in, through, and to you? And today we honor all of you in this house. Man, we look at this, this one mother right here, but before we dive into the text and read it, I want to think uh, uh, just with you a few thoughts about what a mother is. First of all, I thought about this. You know, a mother is really a miracle worker. Is there anything a mom can't do? I mean, I have found precious little that my mom couldn't do if I really needed it. And man, I watched my wife minister to our two daughters and mother them. And man, there's precious little that she cannot make happen in their lives. Man, there's nothing that her children believe she can't do. Man, they may give her a hard time. They may even ignore her on occasion. And they may even favor dad more every now and then. But let me tell you, at my house, when something impossible has to happen. There's only one word that comes out of my girl's mouth. And you know what it is? Mom, I need you. Come. When those blue jeans got to be miraculously washed and dried in the next three minutes. I mean that special pair that they can't go anywhere without. They don't come to dad for that. They come to mom to try to figure out those miraculous things. And mom does it on every hand's turn. And when you think about a mother, I know my mom's pulled off more in my life when that project has to be done just right. When they get to school and forget that thing they needed, man, they call mom because she can make it all better. There's just nothing she can't do. And mothers, I applaud you because you're miracle workers. Secondly, moms are motivators. There's nobody in this world that can get more done than a mom in your life. A mom can motivate you. You can be staunchly against doing something. And one look from your mother will motivate you to do something you never intended to do and really don't want to do. 
just one word from a mom. Man, they have a, a plethora of tools that they can use into your life, regardless of the disciplinary style she chooses. Beloved, a mother can get you going. They can get the kids going. They can get the dad going. They can get the dogs and the cats going. Man, they can get whatever level of behavior and whatever needed activity is necessary in the moment. If you look to a mom, she can make it happen. I mentioned looks she uses. I mentioned language she uses. My mom even used guilt. Did your mom ever use guilt in your life? She used guilt in my life as a tool to get me to do things. Man, even the guillotine. She used everything in my life to motivate me, even if it meant scaring me half to death. And we see moms are probably the greatest motivators that ever existed on the planet. But today I want you to think about a mother's ministry. I want you to think about a mother's ministry with me for just a few minutes. A mother is a lot of things. But first and foremost, in the life of her children, she's a minister. She ministers to them before they're born. She ministers to them as the day they're born. And she ministers to them every day of her and their lives on this planet. She's a minister. I heard of an elementary school teacher who was uh, teaching a science lesson on the properties and functions of magnetism. And when she handed the test out to her kids, there was a particular question on it. It read this way. It says, I have six letters. I, I begin with an M, and my function is to pick up things. And the answer was obviously magnet, but do you know that 50% of her class answered that question this way? You know what they answered? Mother. <laughs> That's her job. That's her ministry to pick up things around the house. Well, her ministry goes much further than that. She does much more than that in the life of her children. And we could sit here today and articulate many things that a mom does, many things that a mom sows into your life, many things that we need a mom to do more than we need any other person in our life to do. But if I boil it down to just one, and that's what I'm going to do today, I think the most important thing I can think of in my life that my mama ever did for me was to pray for me. I don't think that there's any more powerful prayer in this universe than the prayer of a mother. I think she can pray things into and out of her children's life just like that. Things that are embedded in your life that don't need to be there, let mama know about it, and man, she can pray them out. Things that you need from the hand of God, let mama know about it, and beloved, you'll find that the prayers mean something at the throne. When we look at the life of of Hannah right here in this Old Testament. Yes, the hallmark mama, I guess, of the Old Testament. We see three aspects of Hannah's praying. And I want to read her celebratory prayer to you out of chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, verses 1 through 10. And then I'm going to note quickly three aspects of Hannah's praying that church, we would do well to emulate in our own prayer lives. Let's read together. And it says, And Hannah prayed. And she said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies. Look at that picture. Because I rejoice in thy salvation. Verse 2. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Verse 3. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. Verse 4. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they 
they that stumble are girded with strength. Verse 5, they that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry cease, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. Verse 6, the Lord killeth, and he maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave, and on the converse he bringeth up. Verse 7, the Lord maketh poor, and he maketh rich. He bringeth low, and he lifteth up. Verse 8, he raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and he lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among the princes and to make them inherit the thrones of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. Verse 9, he will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. Verse 10, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken into pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. What a prayer from the lips of a mother, happy about the blessings and moving of God in her life that she had prayed for. Three things today that we would do well to emulate in our prayer lives that we see in the life of this moment. If you read chapter 1 and, and, and on into verse 10 of chapter 2, you see uh, these aspects everywhere. Number one, I want you to understand that Hannah prayed with great intensity. The first aspect of her prayer that we see that we ought to learn to emulate in our lives is that Hannah prayed intensely. Man, to her, she didn't pray flippantly. She didn't pray half-heartedly, but she prayed intensely. If we look back at chapter 1 and verse 10, and you don't have to flip there, it says she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord, and she began to weep sore. That means a lot. That means her soul was vexed. She wasn't praying as a passing thought. She was praying from the deepest desire and need of her heart and her life, which was for a, a child. If we look at verses 13 through 15 of chapter 1, it says, says, man, her lips were moving on one occasion when Eli was watching her pray, but there was no words coming out of her mouth, and he assumed that she must be drunk, and she said, no, I am pouring out my soul before the Lord. As we look at the way she prayed, we cannot mistake that she wasn't half-hearted in her approach to prayer. She prayed intensely before the Lord, and man, what a picture and man, how the world needs some people today. Man, how the kingdom needs some people today that will get before the Lord and just pour out their souls for the things that we need. I was talking with my father this week. Uh, we were talking about uh, the past a little bit, and we were talking uh, about prayer. And he told me this story about his grandmother. He said, you know, I remember talking to her. And she sent three boys. She had three boys. And when World War II was going on, eventually all three of them at one time were overseas. At least one of them had two kids. My dad was one at home waiting on him to, to come back. Two of them were in the European theater around France and Germany. And one of them was in North Africa. He got to talking about how grandmother said she prayed for those boys every day that they were over there. He, he told me something very interesting, and, and I didn't understand it at first, but when he finished, I understood. He said, Grandmother told me that she prayed for Ralph. That was my granddaddy. She said, I prayed for his covering every day. She went on to tell me, Stacy, he said, Stacy, she went on to tell me I prayed for Bruce. 
I prayed for him every day, and I prayed for his covering. But she said, more than any of them, I prayed for Harley. I prayed for those two. But she said, I prayed for him constantly. And he was on my mind with great concern and care. And she said, the reason was this. I knew that Ralph had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And she said, I knew that Bruce knew the Lord Jesus Christ. But she said, I also knew that Harley did not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he was overseas in harm's way and she said I prayed every minute of every hour of every day with all my heart that God would let him live to come to a saving knowledge of him in some way shape or form Harley would tell you in his latter years he would say mama prayed for me in such a way he recalled one instance he said I dug a foxhole we were we were getting down for the night and he said man I dug the prettiest foxhole I'd ever seen in my life he said it was perfect and he said man when I was finished I put my gear back together and started to step down in it and he said I could not get in that foxhole he said I tried to make myself I tried to talk myself into getting in that foxhole but I could not he said I finally got to the place and gave up on it and moved back many yards and dug me another one and got down in it he said some of the boys in my unit come along and said is this nobody he said man when they saw a foxhole they didn't have to dig they dove down in it he said it wasn't very long before the shelling started and he said man right at the very beginning of it that foxhole that I dug with those men and it took a direct hit and he said, had I climbed in that foxhole, and this was after he saved, he said, I would have been dead and eternally separated from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe with all my heart that a mama's prayer in western North Carolina was powerful enough to keep one of her boys out of a foxhole that he knew was going to take a shell so that he could come home and find the Lord Jesus Christ Precious to his soul. How do you believe my great-grandmother prayed for him? Do you believe when she got down, she said, Well, Lord, if you got time, take care of him. i got other things to do today. I don't believe she said that at all. I believe she was like Hannah. I believe she poured her heart out before the Lord. Church, father, mother, friend. What do you think heaven would do today if the people of the Lord took prayer serious enough not just to run by and give him a drive-by word so that we feel good about ourselves, but that we would stop somewhere and get alone and pray from a soul that's waxed sore and pour our needs out before the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of y'all have ever been in a situation in your life where you had no choice but to pray with the kind of intensity that Hannah understood? I sure have. And I've found the Lord answered me every time. Secondly, church, not only do we need to learn to pray intensely, we need to learn to pray incessantly. Man, if you look at chapters 1 and 2, we see every time you turn around, here was Hannah praying. It appears she didn't have time to do much else in the world except pray. Man, we see a picture of a lady who prayed 
incessantly, year after year. If we look at the context, year after year we went by before she had Samuel. We must believe, and we really don't know how many, but we must believe that year after year, verse 7 tells us that year after year she went up to the temple. Man, we see that she prayed before he was born, but we also understand that she prayed after he was born. This prayer in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 I read was a celebratory prayer. If we flip on over to chapter 2, verses 19 and following, we find that yearly, 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 she made her way to the temple where she had left that son that she promised to the Lord. And the word says she made him a little coat. And she brought it to him as he grew every year. And to me, that little coat, how symbolic of the prayer covering that that mama must have kept over that little boy every day of that year until she brought him that coat to physically symbolize it. And man, what a thought that mamas pray incessantly. Y'all mothers in here, I'm going to ask you to be interactive with me. How many of y'all pray over your children every minute of every hour of every day? Listen, that's what a mama does. A daddy gets distracted sometimes, and he's out there. But let me tell you, not far from a mama's heart are her children. And she's praying over them all the time. I wrote this down. Hannah embodied in the Old Testament this New Testament paradigm, an injunction that Paul puts out to us. He says we ought to pray how? Without ceasing, church. And we ought to learn from Hannah's prayer that you just don't pray a little bit and then quit. If it takes years and years and years, you ought to go to the Lord in prayer. That's Hannah's model for us today. She always had prayer on her mind. You know, there are some things that are always on my mind. Eating is one of them. How many of y'all, hey, hey, I, I can be eating breakfast, and you know what I think about? I think about eating lunch, and I can be eating lunch, and what I'm thinking about is where am I going to have dinner? I mean, it's on my mind all the time, and what, what in the world would happen if the church had prayer on their mind? What if that was what we ran to? What if that was what we counted on more than our paradigms and more than our programs and more than our understanding? What if we just ran to prayer without ceasing every minute of every hour of every day lifting things up before the Lord we see that in Hannah's life she prayed intensely she prayed incessantly I have people say pastor how long should we pray how long should we pray is it a lack of faith if I pray more than once? Man, I should be able to pray once and believe God for it and move on. Is it a lack of faith? Well, we see Hannah praying for years. The same prayer she prayed incessantly. So how long do I pray? I'll answer it for you. There's a two-fold answer. There's two ways you know when you should stop praying. Number one is when God answers. It's time to stop praying when God answers the prayer. However, he may choose to answer it. But when he answers it, there's no need to pray about it anymore. The second way is when he lifts that burden off of you. You know, sometimes I pray with great burden over a situation, and I pray for a long period of time. And then I get up, and I realize that God has reached down into my life, and he has lifted that burden off of my heart. And he has said, Son, I don't need you to pray about that. Any longer, I've got it. How long should you pray? Well, pray till God answers, man. Pray till he answers. Or pray till he lifts the burden off of you. That's the only time we should stop. I guarantee you when he lifts one burden off of you, he's going to put another one in your life. And another one in your life. He's not going to send you on vacation from prayer. We need to learn to pray incessantly. Thirdly, and I'm hustling here and I'm going to close. She prayed insightfully. I read chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Hannah prayed with great understanding. 
She prayed with great insight. All those years, she prayed insightfully. What are you saying, Pastor? She prayed to a person. uh, She knew who she was praying to. She wasn't praying to the wind. She wasn't praying to the air. She wasn't praying to the powers that be. If you read chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, you see that she understood clearly who she was praying to. She understood who Jehovah God was. I'm going to list just a handful of things. Hannah understood she was praying to a God who gives victory in verse 1. He tells us, man, that he, he grants victory. He exalts me. He brings my salvation. Church, when we pray, we have to understand we pray to a victorious God who grants victory into our lives. Secondly, she understood she was praying to a God who was holy. Verse 2 tells us he is holy and high. There's nobody like him. Verse 3 tells us that she was praying to a God who knows everything. How many of y'all believe that God is omniscient? That He knows everything about everything? Well, when you pray, you ought to pray with that kind of understanding. Fourthly, she was praying to a God who gives you strength for every hour. I love that song, I need thee, oh, I need thee. How often? Every hour, I need thee. There's not a moment in life where we don't need His hand. And Hannah understood that she was praying to a God who had strength for every hour. Verses 5 through 7, she understood that she was praying to a God who is sovereign over all. He kills and He makes alive. He exalts and He deposes. He enriches and He impoverishes. It's all up to Him. She also understood she was praying to a God who redeems. He lifts up. He raises. He sets up beggars among princes and He makes them heirs and joint heirs alongside Jesus Christ. How many of y'all understand that when you pray, you're praying to the God who reached down one day and lifted up your life out of the pit and set your feet on a solid rock. And when we pray. We understand that we're praying to a God who redeems. Uh, Also, she understood she was praying to a God who protects. I love verse 9. It says, He's going to keep the feet of His saints safe. There's nowhere that my feet are going to trod, that His Holy Ghost isn't with me, walking around me, over me, behind me, protecting me at every hand's turn. Lastly, she understood she prayed to a God who was her avenger. One of these days, God's going to return. And the Word tells us that He is going to be the judge of the quick and of the dead and everything that's ever been done wrong he's going to set right in your life you don't have to worry about making things right because you serve a heavenly father who is perfect in his judgment and righteous in his ways and one of these days he's going to set everything just right the way it should be man when we pray we ought to pray with insight and understand that we're not just praying to anyone but we're praying to Jehovah God himself Creator and sustainer of all that we see. Church, when we pray today, it shouldn't be flippant. We should pray with great insight. What a God we pray to, a mother's prayer. A minister, and the greatest ministry she does is pray. Church, we'd do well to learn to pray with great intensity. We'd do well to learn to pray incessantly. We'd do well to learn from this mother's prayer today Pray with great insight when we bow our heads. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are. And would you just ask the Lord this question as I yield to my brother. Lord, would you help us to pray thusly? If that's the desire of your heart today, as a show unto the Lord, I wish you'd lift your hand really high and say, Father, would you help me to pray thusly in my life? Praise be unto God. Father, How we love you today. What a joy 
to be in this house, to see these young people, to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, to be challenged in this way by this mother, oh, thousands of years ago, speaking into our life right here today. Father, would you help us be a people that learn to pray thusly? For without prayer, nothing else is going to come to, to any kind of production in our lives spiritually. Father, as individuals and a church, we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to be thus minded. Lord, now we love you and we praise you. It is in the name above every name that we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. If you'd like to find out more about Trinity of Fairview, visit us online at trinityoffairview.org or call 828-628-1188.